Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's show where Argyle maintain their fine form in League 2 with a 1-0 win at Cambridge United. Joining me today to discuss the game and look ahead to Saturday's mouth-watering Devon Derby against Exeter City is our usual suspects of Chris Errington, Beryl Cross and Jack Ball. Hiya guys. Good morning to you. Chris, start with you. You were up at Cambridge on Saturday. What did you make of Argyle's performance? Well, I think it was one of the best games, if not the best game of League Two football I've seen this season. Um, Cambridge literally threw the kitchen sink at Argyle in the second half. The amount of pressure, the amount of crosses that were put into the box. Um, first 15, 20 minutes of the game, Cambridge started very well. We're unlucky not to be in the lead. Argyle sort of got into their stride around the you know, 15, 20 minute mark. Had a good spell leading up to half-time. Deserved their goal, deserved to be in the lead at half-time. Um, second half though like I say is very much uh, back to the wall performance and I suppose the encouraging thing is they were able to keep a, keep a clean sheet although it took two goal line clearances during the game both from set pieces um, otherwise Cambridge may have come out with a win so it was one of those it finished 1-0 could have been 5-4 to either team so it was uh, yeah very entertaining and a couple of uh, debutants in the team as well and another making his first start how, how did they do? I was very impressed with Matt Kennedy, the winger on loan from Cardiff City. Went straight into the team, which is unusual for, for Derek Adams. He normally likes to bed in some of his new signings. You know, I think the fans will like him. You know, With the ball at his feet, his first thought is to get at the opposition player. Run at him, quite pacey, a couple of good crosses. Had a good shot that looks as though it was going to go in. And Will Norris, the Cambridge keeper, made a good save. Yeah, I was, I was impressed with him. He, he linked up well with his new teammates. He was taken off in the 57th minute, but that was nothing to do with his performance. It was just Argyle were under so much pressure that they um, couldn't really afford the luxury of a, an out-and-out winger in the second half, and, and he made way for Ryan Donaldson, but Kennedy was good. Ryan Taylor um, led the line well, linked up the play. Um, you know, We were talking before we started recording this, Stu. I don't think Ryan Taylor's ever going to be one of those who's going to be a sort of 8 or 9 out of 10 um, performance, but he's going to do your job. He's going to be the link, I think. And um, I think he'll he'll just add that little bit of extra experience. They've got Blissett and Garita, you know, who are powerful and strong. But maybe Ryan Taylor's got that been there, done it, sort of lead to now so that, that could make a difference for Argyle. Yeah, and Jack, you've dried out since going to Yeovil last Tuesday. That was <laughs> just that, about. Yeah, that's exactly the response that, as a fan, you would want from your team, I guess. That's the thing, especially going into obviously what is a huge game next Saturday. I, I was hoping, as were the Green Army and Sean Derek Adams and everyone connected to Argyle, hoping they would bounce back. Cambridge. I went. I went to Cambridge last season, and it was a quite a feisty end to the game, an enjoyable end to the game. But it was great to see Argyle come back and keep a clean sheet. I think most importantly, there were two occasions when players stopped the ball on the line from from set pieces, uh, the mark in the post. So that was that was great to see that you know Argyle were remaining firm under so much pressure. Yeah, that's been a bit of a weakness, isn't it, Baron? Recently, with his conceding set pieces, so it's good to see those clearances off the line. Absolutely. I mean, uh, 
Chris has, has done a piece on it, haven't you? You've mentioned it in the past that um, seven goals in this year have all come from set pieces. So it's clearly a cause of concern for the likes of Derek Adams and Paul Watson. Uh, and by the sounds of it, um, they certainly took no chances uh, at the weekend. They had men on the posts. Um, and from what I saw of the highlights, uh, Graham Carey blocked one off the off the line there was another as well wasn't there Chris? yeah David um, Fox with a header off the line so yeah. I think yeah I mean it's, it's progress isn't it it's a clean sheet and you've got to take what you can and build on it um, so they're going to go away to Spain now and, and hopefully build on that and then take some confidence from it no matter how much Cambridge threw at them I mean Chris to my surprise said that Cambridge is the best side he's seen in League 2 this year which I think is huge praise and that shows just how well our goal to come away with a clean sheet so got to take a lot of confidence from it I think yeah I mean Cambridge <clears throat> wouldn't have won any awards for sort of pure football but the, the the attacking intent, the amount of crosses they put in the box, the amount of pressure they applied, um, they kept going. Like I say, apart from that spell, you know, twenty minutes up to half time, they they were the better team. But um, uh, they they really gave it a go, and, and Argyle did well to hold on. And Anthony Sarsovic just making his first start, good touch on the ball, good goal. I mean, that's what we're looking for from Anthony Sarsovic to come in and get some goals from midfield. Good build up play, patient passing. And I like the way that Sarsovic just got in front of uh, Mark Roberts, I think it was the Cambridge centre-back, just made a good little darting run into the box and a header. And I'd like to think we might see a few more goals like that from Sarsovic. Nice, nice cross and carry as well, wasn't it? It, it, it was. It was, a, it was a good, a well, good. well-made goal. Uh, we've had uh, plenty of questions on Facebook and Twitter, so uh, thanks to all of you out there who sent questions in. We'll start off with uh, David Searle, who said, do you think Derek made too many changes on Saturday? And is that a risk ahead of the derby? I guess the result says... No, really, Chris? No, I mean, I, I was surprised that Matt Kennedy started because, like I say, Derek Adams normally beds people in a little bit before starting them. But um, no, I think the, the, result, um, the result sort of justifies the changes. I mean, Ryan Taylor, I think, would have probably started at Yeovil on the Tuesday if it hadn't been for his wife going into to labour and um, having a baby girl. Congratulations to both of them. Um, you know, Sarsovic is going to be a key player, I think, for Argyle. So no surprise that he's got himself into the starting lineup. So no, I don't think he made too many changes. Is it a risk for 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 the derby game? You know, generally Derek Adams tends to stick with a winning team. And now, if if everyone's fit, that played, and, and Sonny Bradley did have a slight groin injury at the end of the game, but you know, looking this far ahead, I'd be surprised if Derek Adams made many, if any, changes for the game against Exeter. Barry, do you think it's slightly harsh on the likes of Craig Tanner? Good question. Um, I think um, I, I don't think um, the changes he made. I think are a result of what Derek has tried to do this year in terms of creating competition for places. You know, he's, he's tried to get a number of high quality options in each position, and off the back of a quite disappointing defeat at Yeovil on Tuesday night, he probably thought this is the kick up the backside they needed. I mean, mm. Derek, Derek is he's not going to. Um, he's not going to lie to the players if he's not impressed with them he'll make changes and I think he had to stick to his word on Saturday and he made those changes um, possibly shocked the likes of um, Jordan Slew and Jake Jones perhaps who thought after not starting at Yeovil may have come back into the side so to be honest I mean, it was a difficult night at Yeovil but Tanner and Blissett weren't particularly impressive and I think Derek knew he had to make some changes Matty Kennedy comes in he, he immediately shows everybody what he's about he's clearly going to ensure that the likes of Slew and Jervis aren't going to rest on their laurels and, and Carey moved out to the right and Carey had a little look at how, what Sarsovic can do so perhaps that's going to give Carey the GOP needs and it, it's, it's really positive that, that there's these players in there now that, that can create that competition and really give the players something to get their teeth into and you look at the bench on Saturday as well I mean I can't remember a bench that strong for Argyle 
Um, and then if they can get Jimmy Spencer back in the not absolutely. too distant future, Connor Smith, um, people like yeah. that, then you've got really, that extra really competition. I mean, you've, squad at the moment. you know, you've got Bolvitas, Jervis, Slough, Tanner all on the bench. You know, you've got people a few game to come back. The bench, you've, you? you've got you've got a few options, and that's that's got to be a good thing. Well, they, they always say you judge a team by the strength of their bench, mm-hmm. don't you? And yeah. If he's got those sort of options to come on, mm-hmm. then uh, yeah. it certainly bodes well for Argyle. Uh, another question from Graham Smith. Argyle really looked great going forward and created plenty of chances against Cambridge. Do you believe the front four are going to cause problems for Exeter? Jack, we'll put that one to you. Well, we all know how going to form, it pains me to say, that Exeter have been in recently. <laughs> they haven't been conceding a lot of goals. They've been scoring a lot of goals. So it's going to be a fascinating battle between the likes of the Exeter attack and the Argyle defence. Argyle have been very solid from open play. I don't know how many goals Exeter have scored from set pieces, but obviously that's been Argyle's weakness. Um, do I think the front four are going to cause problems for Exeter? Yeah, definitely. I think all signs are indicating they'll, they'll give everything they've got. And as Chris and Baron just alluded to, the bench have been so strong that if the starters aren't performing, you've got the likes of Jervis, who was a top goal scorer last season, to come on and really make an impact. And Craig Tanner, and we all know how, how good he is at making an impact, as Jurgen Klopp found out at Anfield. Yeah, and of course, Argyle have you know, scored plenty of goals this season, the second in the league, so you know, they've given most defences a run for their money. And it'll, you know, it's quite there's there's going to be so much at stake and there's going to be so many you know, fans watching it's a great game for these new players to see exactly what Home Park is about exactly what Argyle are about and I think they'll, they'll be amazed when they walk out and see the atmosphere on Saturday That was one of the most encouraging things on Saturday Stu that you had Kennedy Sarsovic Carey playing behind Taylor and, and two of them are brand new one of them's almost new and they linked up really well you know they, they, they wouldn't have done a lot of training together they, they linked up they're going to be sort of off the cuff type of players, you know, um, you know Kennedy and Sarsovic particularly are going to be, you know, floating around and and doing their thing. Grand Carey may have to be a little bit more disciplined than he has been before to accommodate uh, Sarsovic, and, and Taylor gives you that experience. So you know they're, they're a good front four, but as I'm sure we'll talk about later, I think Exeter have got some pretty good attacking options as well. So um, you know we'll we'll see how that pans out. Interesting to see as well, Jan Songo moving back into midfield. Yes. That, do you think that's his best role for Argyle? I think probably in what we've seen this season, yes. Although in the closing 20 minutes at Cambridge on Saturday, they went to three at the back. They pushed Songo back alongside Sokolik and uh, and Sonny Bradley when when Cambridge were literally throwing everything at them, and uh, and he went back into the central defence. And I do think you know the last two away games um, that they've they've had wins, Cambridge and Cheltenham. They've finished the game with three centre-backs and I think we might see a bit more of that because he, he's clearly confident with Sokolik. Um, Bolvitas is, is not getting a look in at the moment but we saw earlier, earlier in the season he's a strong defender and I think when you're away from home in, in really important games towards the end of the season I, I wouldn't be surprised if Argyle start playing with three at the back a bit more often. Did, did Sokolik and Bradley look better together? Yes, um, they did. Um, they, they came under a lot of pressure. Mm. They came under a lot of pressure, as as the whole team did. Um, and centre backs are, are are a pairing, and uh, they're, they're like good strike forces and things like that. It doesn't just happen overnight. You're going to have to work away. Um, yeah, so I, they they were definitely better than they were against Yeovil. Mm. Although you know, as we both saw that night, uh, Baron, like, they didn't have a, a great day. The two of them. Although they certainly weren't the only one players. It's great to see that Argyle players have so much versatility that they can switch formations and Dave Hamster's willing to do that. I think that's a big a big weapon that Argyle have got in, in their sort of in their team. Yeah, another question we've had is from Richard Sloman who's asking, is this the best squad of players Argyle have had since the championship days? Probably one for, for Jack and Chris, really. Well, I was sort of Baron's already alluded, the bench on on, yeah. the, on Saturday was incredibly strong. You had Bolvitis who was a rock at the start of the season, scoring a few goals as well, slew. 
Jervis, Donaldson, Blissett, Durrell and Tanner all on the bench. That is a strong bench. And with the likes of Miller, Ijaha, Smith, Brunt and Spencer all out injured, it shows you just how much depth they've got to this team at the moment. Is it the best team? I, I was looking at the team that we had in League One earlier this morning. Um, we had the likes of Rita Johnson, Carl Fletcher, Arneson, Noon, Wright Phillips, yes. Balassi, Mason, who've all gone on to have mm. very good careers, or a lot of them have anyway. So is it the better team? It's hard to say. I got in very, a lot of trouble when they were in League One off the pitch. So it's, it's hard to compare the two, but this is definitely the best team they've had since they've been in League Two. Yeah, I, I think you know it's it's easy to ignore that League One team because it was a disappointing season and they were relegated. Although yes. if they hadn't had the ten point deduction for going into administration, they would have stayed up. But if you look at that League One team, Balassi, Noon, Bradley Wright, Phillips, it's incredible. Uh, I mean, that Carrie Arneson, who you know, uh, that was a strong that was yeah. a strong team. And um, I think because of all the stuff that was going on, we we never saw the true potential of that. But if we're being brutally honest. That team, that squad, was better than the current squad. Now, give it a year or two, and hopefully, you know, we can revisit that one. But I mean, well, you've you got to put a lot down to the manager, then, surely. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Derry Adams is a good manager. You know, in nearly two seasons now, we've we've seen that. Um, he has his quirks and his ways, and he, he can rub people up the wrong way, opposition managers and people. Um, but he knows what he's doing. He's a good manager. Indeed. So, looking ahead then, guys, obviously a massive game on Saturday. Uh, Exeter coming down to, to Plymouth, having made it a club record seven wins against Crewe on Saturday. They've got David Wheeler, who broke, broke a club record of scoring in seven successive matches, and they've gone from bottom to fourth. So, uh, they're very much League Two's form team, aren't they, Barry? Yeah, very much so. It's, um, it really is going to be an absolute crack on Saturday. I mean, I'm really, really excited about it. To see both teams in, in good form. Argyle have got the league position, Exeter have got the form. Um, in my time in the area, the, the two teams haven't been this evenly matched, it appears, uh, on paper. So it's going to make for a, a really, really brilliant occasion. Uh, and I really can't call it. Argyle have got the home advantage and, like I say, the overall league position. But Exeter are irresistible at the moment, aren't they? Especially away. They've got the best away record in the league. Well, them so, and Argyle have got the best yeah. in, in, I think, the whole football league, not just league two. I'm excited so. for the game. I think over the last few years, I, 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 based purely on atmosphere, I, I think it's been a bit mute uh, over the last few seasons. I think this Saturday is going to remind everyone exactly how much rivalry there is between the two mm. teams. And I think it will remind me of... Johnston Paint Trophy days when um, unfortunately Nadia scored a 90th minute winner against Argyle <laughs> but this should, I think it'll take us back to those types of days and that's really what you want from a rivalry and that, Baron I think you'll see a different, a well, different I was, was going to say Baron you, you're new to the area what have mm. you made of the, of the West Country derby well like Jack says they seem quite muted don't they I mean I, I get more of a, an atmosphere from the Portsmouth games that I've, that I've seen um, I mean that, that was, they were really mm. I mean they're, they're riotous games on just Portsmouth mm. that I've seen and the Exeter games I think possibly because one of, the, one of the sides, unfortunately for Exeter fans in recent history, it's, it's Exeter that's sort of been the side that haven't quite been informed when they've met. But now with them both going for promotion, they're both in the, in the upper reaches of, of League Two, it's really going to mean something, isn't it? I well, mean, it's, it's a result that, that yeah. will dictate it. It's a definition of a six-pointer, isn't it? Yeah. Because if, if Exeter win, they close that gap on Argyle. And if Argyle win, they really do extend <coughs> that gap over, the, over you know, in the top three, which... Would be huge. Yeah, I think the fact that Exeter have sold out their allocation already and, and Argyle are obviously ticket sales are going well at home park, it's, it sounds like there's going to be a, a massive crowd there on Saturday. Well, I can't recall an occasion, and I could be wrong, <coughs> I've been wrong before plenty of occasions, but <laughs> when, you know, this late in the season, 18 games to go, and, and both teams are going for promotion, and both teams are mm. genuine automatic promotion hopes. You're not just pipe dreams and, you know, I could do maybe. 
you know, Argyle have been up there all season. Exeter are, are absolutely flying. You know, their their attacking options are fantastic. You know, we all know about Ollie Watkins, obviously. But, you know, David Wheeler, Stu, you, you mentioned, I mean, eight goals in seven games is fantastic. I've always liked him. I thought he's, he's a good player. You've got Ruben Reid, obviously. You've got plenty of attack, uh, excellent attacking options. I think the difference from earlier in the season, if you look back to the, to the, to the game at St James's Park between the two teams, Exeter had uh, Luke Kroll and Pierre Sweeney playing as the centre-backs that day. And that was a mismatch against Argyle that day. And Argyle won that game because of the two centre-backs. Now, Exeter have got a much stronger defensive lineup now. They've been keeping a lots of clean sheets, and um, I think that's one of the keys. Looking from the outside, why they've in, why they've improved so much. But I mean, it's two informed teams. I mean, Argyle have had a few defeats along the way, but they don't draw. They don't tend to draw. They win or lose, and they're they're picking up a fair few few wins. I mean, that's three wins out of five in 2017 in the league. Now, if you win three games out of five for the next couple of blocks of five games, they're going to be pretty close to automatic promotion so also Ruben Reed's first time back at home park yeah, since since I think that's all, that's I mean that's be... that's going to be exciting but I think that's going to get a little bit lost because there is so much importance on this game if, mm. if it was two mid-table teams playing then it would be all about, Ruben, be Reed. All about Ruben Reed and it will be a bit about Ruben Reed but let's be honest the game is much bigger than yeah. Ruben Reed for the game though, to... I think there will be there will be a fair I, I'd be shocked if there wasn't I know yeah, what other fans are like, or yeah. fans in general. Yeah. I think there'll be quite a lot of booze. Yeah, there will be. Oh, there's bound to be. Yeah. There's, bound, there's bound to be. That's what happens. But this this game is much bigger than that. This is a, this is a big game with two teams that have got a really, you know, on paper, you know, you're looking at maybe Doncaster, Argyle, Exeter, maybe you know Carlisle had a, had a much needed win on Saturday, but they're they're, they're both absolutely flying, and it's it's you know all set up to be a really good game. Yeah, Chris, you mentioned uh, Watkins and, and David Wheeler there. Mm. Michael Wonderly, a regular listener to the show. He's asking, how, how should Argyle try and neutralise the threat of both Watkins and Wheeler? Well, you know, when you've got... Well, I should say, first of all, of course, there is a doubt about Ollie Watkins. He went off injured on Saturday, okay. so uh, he might not play. Yeah, um, if, there's, if there's any possibility of him playing, he'll play. You don't miss out on games like this. It's the same with Sonny Bradley at Argyle. You know, if you're 60 or 70% fit, you play in a game like this. Um, certainly with somebody like David Wheeler who's in such good form if he gets into a shooting opportunity he's going to score I saw his second goal I think he got against Crew, and it was just somebody who was totally confident mm. you know he almost didn't have to think what he was mm. doing it just came naturally to him so you have to stop him from getting the ball in those sort of positions once he gets into those positions he's going to be um, more often than not hitting the target and finding the back of the net so he's definitely one of those players that, you know, the, the holding midfield players, Fox and Songo, probably are going to have an important job for Argyle because Exeter uh, look to me from what I've seen of them that they're, they're good at getting the ball into Watkins' feet, good at getting the ball into Wheeler's feet, running into the opposition, finding space. So Fox and Songo need to do a good job of shielding the back four, presuming they start with a back four, which I'm sure they will do, and stopping them finding that space. But, you know... Lots of teams have tried that in recent weeks. What was it, 23 goals in seven games for Exeter or something in the last seven games? So it's, it's, it's not going to be easier. They're, they're a very good attacking force. But on the other side, you know, I, I think if, if Kennedy, Sarsovic, Carey and Taylor are all on their game, you know, they'll cause problems for Exeter as well. I mean, it, it, the attacking yeah. um, talent on the pitch is going to be good. I mean, I'm saying that, and it'll end up nil nil. <laughs> but you look at you look at Argyle's four that I've just listed, and then Watkins, Wheeler, Reed, people like that. There's an awful lot of attacking talent on that pitch on Saturday. Yeah, indeed. Um, Andy Stone is asking whether the temporary seats are going to be available. 
No words yet, is there very much? We spoke to the club last week and they were having discussions about it, so they are they are giving themselves as much time as possible to uh, to make a decision on this. The, the seats are still there. Um, Matty Kennedy had a, a picture of himself in his strip at the end of last week and the seats were still there. So they certainly haven't been taken away yet and the possibility is very much there. I've asked the question this morning if we'll get a decision today uh, and we're waiting to hear back, but they can't leave it much later, I wouldn't have thought, with the match um, on Saturday. I guess it's all dependent on, on ticket sales as well. Yeah, I went to buy my tickets last week and I wanted two tickets and the only part that was left was the, the front row of one block, so they must be selling out tickets pretty quick. quick it's going to be a big crowd. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be a big crowd, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, just one final thing then, guys. Obviously, our goals preparation for the derbies, um, slightly left field perhaps, uh, a, a warm weather training camp out in Spain. What did you make of that, Chris, when you first heard the news? Well, I was annoyed because I wasn't invited. <laughs> <laughs> I could have done with some more weather training in Spain. <laughs> um, well, it's it's not often that a League Two team goes away for warm weather training, uh, that's for sure. Um, but obviously, Argyle made, have made quite a bit of money one way or the other from the FA Cup run and uh, and supplier sales and sell-on clauses and things like that. So um, I think it's a, it's a good idea. Um, I haven't got a problem with that. Some people will say, oh, they're going off on a holiday. Come on, Derek Adams, we know Derek Adams. Yeah. He's not taking them out there for a holiday. They'll be working hard. Um, it's a good opportunity to bed in the five new January transfer window signings. Um, you can sort of almost speed the process up a bit because they'll get to know their new teammates on the training pitch, but also away from the pitch. And that's never a bad thing, getting to know what people are like and, and settling in. And uh, I, I do think there's an argument that, um, you know, there's a lot of hype going to be around the Exeter City game. Um, I mean, we only have to look at Jack Stacey's tweet that he pulled out and then quickly deleted. You know, there's going to be a lot of hype going on around this game. And for the Argyle players to be out of the country for most of the week, um, I don't think it's a bad thing, to be honest. They can go out there, concentrate on the job in hand. Because the extra game is important, of course it is. But there's 18 important games to go. And I think the training camp is about making sure that Argyle are as ready as possible extra on Saturday late or in at home part on the Tuesday and all the way through because whatever happens on Saturday and I'm going to sound like a manager now it isn't going to decide which team gets automatic promotion or whether both don't or what have you um, it's the 18 games on and I, I think a training camp at this time of year it's almost like a little pre-season well, I was going to pre-season say, training just, camp just hearing yeah. Derek Adams comments mm. yesterday when he said the season mm. starts now it's almost mm. like this is a, a short pre-season and then yes going into an 18-game season. So, you know, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all in favour of it. I mean, if they lose on Saturday to Exeter, there'll be people saying, well, I should never have gone yeah. out there. Um, but if they win, people saying it'll be worth going. So you, you, yeah. it's one of those things you're never going to please everybody on, um, you know, whether it was a good thing or a bad thing. But sitting here right now, I don't... And regardless of what happens on Saturday, I still think that for the long game, for these 18 games to go, I think it will benefit the new signings and the squad as a whole to get some intensive work together and get to know each other. I was going to say, for me, it, it, it's just it's another tick off the box of how things have improved. We all know the dark times I've been with since the administration, and it, things like this, little things that, well, I say little things, but things like this just remind me of our goal, how, how they got to the championship and their championship days, where things off the pitch seem to be going along nicely, and it just all helps on the pitch. And as a fan, I'm excited that. There seems to be a lot of stability and a lot of good times away from the football. Yeah, Baron, you, you agree? Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with Chris. I think the, the, the biggest thing about it is, is the bed in the new boys, especially um, Sarsovic, Taylor and Kennedy, who have really just come in and come straight into that match. So I think um, 
a bit of time away, um, speaking to each other off the pitch, getting to know each other, how each other ticks. Um, it gives Adams, Watson and Brewster a 24-7 environment in which to relay their ideas, um, tactics, especially for the new boys who need to get up to, up to speed quite quickly. And it just allows them to hit that reset button as well. They can, like Chris says, get out of the bubble of League Two, of, of the week-in, week-out grind, go out there, refresh their minds and come back in. Like you say, it feels like a mini pre-season. Psychologically, they will come yeah. back feeling very refreshed and ready for these very, very important games. Because there's a lot of Saturday-Tuesday games coming yeah. up, you know, and it's, it's a busy period. And, you know, just to sort of focus on what we need to be doing, you know, and let's, you know... You can. It's a good way of clearing, drawing a line under the season that's gone because you can't change anything that's gone on in the past, but you can change the future. And um, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a good professional thing to be doing. Yeah, I, th- I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there, Baron, about it being a mental thing as well. You know, you think of the emotion of the Liverpool game yes. and you know all of that. It felt like before the Oval game, didn't it? They had that ten day break, mm. and whilst that ten day break was in was in the country, it still felt like that was almost like the, the end of the first part of the season. But I think because it was ten days of Adams trying to get players in, he's obviously decided to hold it back yeah. in order to get as many new faces as he can in and then take them all out to Spain for a much shorter period. But um, I think now he knows that this is the squad he's got. This is what he's got to play with mm. for the rest of the season. They're all there. They're all sort of ready to go and, and, and sort of want to get stuck into the final 18 games. And it seems a very, very good time to do it. Yeah, indeed. And starting off with that big game on Saturday, of course. Well, thanks, guys, for joining us on the podcast. That's it for this week. Many thanks to all of you out there who sent in questions. We'll be back again next week to look back on the Devon Derby. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.